Welcome to CT Church. This message was recorded during our Sunday service. We hope you enjoy this presentation. I appreciate all of you getting out of bed and getting to church today. You know, sometimes the Sunday right after Christmas, sometimes it's a little thin. So I appreciate all of you getting out of bed this morning, getting the family ready and coming to church. Amen. (laughs) One problem that a lot of people have, especially people who do not really have a relationship with the Lord, is is kind of a post-Christmas depression, kind of an after-Christmas letdown, so to speak. Anybody ever experienced something like that? A couple of weeks ago, I was talking to you about this Charlie Brown cartoon, one of my favorites. Lucy goes up to Charlie Brown right before Christmas. She says, Charlie Brown, since it's the Christmas season, I suggest that we lay aside all of our differences and be friends this entire Christmas season. And Charlie Brown says, well, Lucy, I think that's a great idea, but why does it just have to be at this time of year? Why can't we be friendly to each other all year long? And Lucy looks at him with that kind of annoyed Lucy face, and she says, what are you, some kind of fanatic? I would imagine that those of us who who kind of like to hang on to Christmas a little longer might be branded as fanatics to some people. My wife is a Christmas fanatic. I've told you before, there have been times in the middle of July I've walked into our house and there's Christmas music playing. That's a fanatic right there. But even though December 25th has come and gone, it would be so great, wouldn't it, if we could just maintain the joy and the excitement of Christmas into this new year. Amen? 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 Oh, I'm going to be done here in just a minute. I'm good. Wouldn't it be great if people were to actually start practicing the things that they hear and the things that they sing about at Christmas? Wouldn't that be, how great would it be if everyone who talks and sings about peace on earth during Christmas would actually start to put it into practice? If everyone who hears and talks about goodwill toward men would suddenly start being good and nice to everyone that's around them. Man, how different would the world be, right? I shared, I've shared this illustration before that, that I think skydiving is probably a little bit like the passing of the Christmas season. I have never personally skydived, because, mainly because when you're learning to skydive, the first few drops that you take, it requires that uh, along with having a parachute strapped to your back, you also have to have a licensed instructor strapped to your back. Therefore, you yourself cannot weigh more than 200 pounds. Suffice it to say, I will probably never experience the exhilaration of jumping out of that plane. But I think that I can, you know, imagine that adrenaline rush of skydiving, how it might feel. I think, and I think that there's a comparison in there to our feelings as the Christmas season passes. You know, 
you jump out of that plane and you are just free falling through the air. It is exciting as exciting could possibly be. And you feel that you feel the wind in your face, you see the beauty of God's creation for hundreds of miles in every direction. Now at the same time, the earth keeps rushing toward you faster and faster. And eventually you feel that need to just pull the ripcord, your parachute jerks open, and before you know it, you just kind of hit the ground with a pretty good jolt. But for a few brief moments, all you felt was this exhilaration. And then was over, right? You're back on the ground. You're facing the reality of being back in the real world again, back to the humdrum of everyday life. And the adrenaline rush was incredible, but was just over before you knew it. Maybe you've had that type of feeling as Christmas has passed before. Anyone ever relate to that? The Christmas season, it's fun, it's wonderful. Most people are nice to each other. And then, back to reality, right? Get out of my way, you moron, come back. Back to reality. People are still waving at you as they go by, but it looks a little bit different. <laughs> back to the real world. I wonder about the shepherds who heard the angels. They saw baby Jesus. I have to think that after that first Christmas, their lives were probably never the same. And even the wise men who came to worship, they came bringing gifts from hundreds and hundreds of miles away. That whole experience had to have changed their lives. All of their lives were certainly changed after they had an encounter with Jesus, right? Amen? Okay, let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. So I want to share with you this morning, I want to share with you three points about the difference that an encounter with Jesus will make in our lives. There's probably more than three. I'm only going to share three. When you have an encounter with Jesus, first of all, number one, it, it'll make a big difference in your home. Anybody here, you don't have to raise your hand on it, but you say, I could stand some change in my home, stuff that's just going on. I think it is pretty safe to say that life was never the same for Mary or for Joseph again. They had this new baby to take care of, and, and life was certainly going to be different from here on out. I remember when Stacy was born, our firstborn. Man, Janet and I, we were kids. And I, it was a little bit scary. I remember sitting up in that hospital room. The scariest part was there was some girl in the next room screaming like you've never heard screaming before. Am I making this up? Scared me to death. Man, that was a long night. But we got through it. Stacy was born. But it was, it, was, it was pretty scary thinking about, I remember thinking, today, life changes. Today, life changes. All of a sudden, here's this tiny little human that has to be cared for 24-7. 
We can't do like we do with our dog Sophie, you know, put, shut her up in the laundry room and go to a movie. <laughs> Nobody here is doing that, right? <laughs> you can't get away with that, with the, with the real human being, right? And so now we had someone that had to be cared for every minute, every day. They had to be provided for. Their lives needed to be guided and molded. She had to be taught about Jesus. It was a lot to think about. And I would have to imagine that for Mary and Joseph, that responsibility felt even greater. I mean, they've got, their baby is not just any baby. Their baby is the Son of God. Can you imagine how bad you'd feel if you accidentally dropped the Son of God, you know? You hit that little soft spot. <laughs> get away, get away. That's a soft spot. That's, don't touch it. I still don't know what that is, but I know you don't touch it. <laughs> After having two babies, that's one thing my wife did. Don't, don't touch that soft spot. And sometimes I would sneak a few. Man, that is really soft. Boy. I don't know what that is, but Wow. Seems to go away. <laughs> How many of you men know what I was talking about? You were told harshly, you do not get anywhere near that spot. I mean, why? you've got the son of God, the baby you're taking care of. What, what if you didn't have him strapped in his donkey seat good and he, and he fell out, you know? It's a lot to think about. Being entrusted with the son of God. I used to love to read in the newspaper uh, Irma Bombeck's column. Now, if you're under 50, that name probably did. How many of you, raise your hand, if you have heard the name Irma Bombeck? All us old folks. <laughs> she was a very well-known syndicated newspaper columnist, and she also wrote a few books. One of, she wrote a book entitled, If Life is a Bowl of Cherries, Why Am I Always in the Pits? It's a clever title. But in the book, she, she recalled this legend about this great cathedral where the bells would miraculously ring out any time a great donation was given to the church. And the bells, supposedly, the bells had not rang for many, many years. Even though there had been kings, there had been important world leaders that had visited that great cathedral and had brought large offerings the bells hadn't rang in years but one christmas eve this little peasant boy came down the aisle he knelt at the altar and as he was thinking about baby jesus lying in a manger he took off his tattered little coat he laid it at the altar and immediately the bells began to ring out in all their glory and irma bombeck said there were times around my house that I heard the bells ring out. She remembered one Christmas when her toddler son brought her a piece of tattered, a little tattered piece of construction paper where he had uh, made his best attempt to draw on one side this uh, pair of praying hands, and on the back, she said, he had written, O come, holy spit. <laughs> and she said when she saw that, the bells rang out. It was such a special gift. She went on to say that 
the days were long gone that they would, uh, her kids would make lace doilies, snowflakes, pipe, pipe cleaner Christmas trees, and use empty spools for candlestick holders. Those days were all gone. She said that the little hands that used to break the piggy bank to get 59 cents to buy a Christmas gift now held credit cards. Good at any store in town. She said, but we'll have a good Christmas this year. We'll eat too much. We'll mess up the living room. We'll throw out the warranty cards by mistake. We'll put bows on the dog's tail and we'll take bites of cookies and then put them back on the plate. Oh, we'll have a good enough Christmas. But what I wouldn't give to bend over just one more time and get a bunch of popsicle sticks all stuck together with Elmer's glue just to hear the bells ring out one more time. How many of you moms can kind of relate to that? It's in our homes that the really important and lasting things of life are, are going to take place or should take place in our homes. It's in our homes where we don't just talk about peace and goodwill, but hopefully we, we live it out in front of our loved ones. And through us, our children uh, will not only learn peace and goodwill, but they will take it out to the world around them. It's in our homes that we're going to mold and fashion little people into big people. Well, I did a pretty good job, didn't I? Brent and I are big people. <laughs> he took after dad. He said, I'm going to be just like him. I'm sorry, Brent. <laughs> what an example. We shape little people into big people in our homes who are hopefully are then going to mold and fashion the world that they're going to become a part of. We haven't done a great job in our nation of doing that. And what we're seeing the world become relates directly back to the molding and the shaping that took place in homes. I'm convinced of that. People say, man, this world is crazy. What's gone crazy in this world? And I'm telling you, the answer is the home has gone crazy. That's the deal. But what an incredible thing it would be if we could all take the message of Christmas and just make it an everyday part of our life. The second point is this. When you have an encounter with Jesus, you will make a difference in the world around you. He'll make a difference in your home, and ultimately, you will or should be making a difference in the world around you. I mean, what would happen if we all took the, the message of, of love of Christmas everywhere we went? It's not very fashionable, and it's not very politically correct today, is it? You know, we can celebrate Christmas a little bit, kind of keep it to yourself, but hey, when it's over, it's over, and don't be talking about it. A lot of the stores don't even want to talk about it. They don't want to call it Christmas. They want to say Happy Holidays. Anytime someone says Happy Holidays, I always make it a point to say, yes, Merry Christmas. Some of that is because I want to share about Jesus, and some of it is I just kind of want to annoy them. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Kind of. 
Here's your happy holiday. Merry Christmas. I know none of you are like that, but you know, today we get bombarded with the message that you cannot mix your faith with any other facet of your life. You need to put your faith in a little box and just take it out on Sundays at church, but don't be taking it out the doors. Don't be praying or talking to God at work or at school. Heaven forbid anyone pray before a high school football game. Boy, that just really stirs it up, doesn't it? That's the world we're living in. Where'd it go wrong? In the home. You know, this uh, next Sunday, I'm gonna be, we're going to be talking about uh, kicking off the year of 2020. We're going to begin with uh, prayer and three days of fasting. And one of the, the very first topic is going to be families and the home. Because that's the biggest problem we have in this country. And that's where we're going to start. That first Monday, instead of eating breakfast, lunch, dinner, we're going to spend that time praying about families and homes. I mean, we've got wonderful people in CT Church, but we have families like every church that are on the brink of collapse, that need a miracle to take place. And maybe... Maybe everything seems to be fantastic in your family. Spend your time praying for these other families. But include yours as well because you know, none of us know what's right around the corner. So I just threw that in for free. I think that if you've had a genuine encounter with Jesus, being quiet about it should be kind of difficult. And so I'll say this, if you have found in your, in your personal life, if you have found that being very quiet about your relationship with Jeezy, with Jeezy, with Jesus, <laughs> I was about to say easy right after Jesus and it came out Jeezy. Could you please strike that from the tape, Jose? I don't want it going out around the world, Jeezy. Just... Make sure you edit that out, okay? <laughs> and Jeezy came into the world and... <laughs> if you think this is easy, any of, you're welcome to try it sometime. I'm just telling you. That's why I would hate to be president. Every word that comes out of your mouth is scrutinized. So I've, I've told him, I wrote him a letter said, do not nominate me for president because I'm, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Just tell him right off the bat. What I was about to say before I said Jeezy was that if you have found that it's very easy to be quiet about your relationship with Jesus, that's the time to stop and evaluate where your relationship really is. It really shouldn't be all that easy easy. As Christians, we ought to be taking Jesus everywhere we go, right? We don't leave him in the manger all year long, and then we go check him out on December 25th, see how he's doing. We need to take him everywhere we go. I tell you, I Rarely do I endorse a movie because when the pastor endorses a movie, someone goes, they get offended about something, and then I'm in trouble. But I'm just going to tell you, we went and saw A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. 
Has anyone seen that? A movie about Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Now, I'm going to tell you, when our kids were growing up, I'm, you know, I'm in my th- 20s, th- 30s, and I remember that show coming on, and he'd walk through the door, and he'd be talking, and I'm going to put my little sweater on, and thank you for coming in. And I thought, this is the dumbest thing in the world. How do even kids watch this? It's so goofy. But I'll tell you what, I saw this movie, and I'm going to tell you, Fred Rogers was an incredible human being. And he really was a master at taking the... He was an incredible Christian man. I didn't know all the details. He prayed for people every night by speaking their name aloud. And he was so... This this movie is is an incredible... uh, Based on a true story of uh, uh, his life and his dealings with a certain newspaper or magazine... Uh, reporter that was doing a story on his life. And this magazine reporter hated his father because his father had abandoned the family when they were kids. And through his time spent with Fred Rogers, I won't give you every detail, but there's healing that's brought. And and the, even, I'll tell you, for a Hollywood-made movie, I was shocked because uh, they really put the emphasis on his praying for people. I was amazed at that. So anyway, it's, it's only in two theaters. It's about run its course. So that means before long, it's going to be at Redbox. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. I think you should watch it. This guy's a great example of how all of us should really care for the people that we meet and that we come in contact with in life. So finally, wow. The third point I want to make is that when you have an encounter with Jesus, Jesus should make all the difference in all of our lives. If we'll take Jesus with us wherever we go, he is going to become the very solid foundation upon which every area, every facet of our life is built upon. I think there are people out there today, I don't think, I know there are people preaching false doctrines. If you'll just accept Jesus into your life, you're never going to have another problem. Your life is going to be smooth as a sled on snow. He's just going to make you completely healthy, wealthy, and wise. How many of you have found that's not happened yet? We've all got our health problems. We're all working on that wealthy and wise thing, right? I have, faced, I have faced a lot of tough times in my life since I've given my life to Christ. And I'm sure you have too. But there are those who try and, and build their life on this, I, I would just call it a prosperity preaching, kind of a name it, claim it, it's going to be yours. And the first time something goes really haywire in someone's life, they throw their faith to the side because it turns out it wasn't true. It was all a sham. Didn't work for me. They gave their life to God and they still ended up facing a huge storm or trial in life. Well, I would tell you, God hasn't made that promise to any of us. He didn't even make that promise to Mary and Joseph, the very people he entrusted his only son to. He didn't even give them that promise. They faced a lot of hardship after that first Christmas. 
They had to flee for their lives into a foreign country they knew nothing about, had to stay there for several years, away from family, away from friends, away from his means of employment and support. Well, I guarantee you that was no picnic. And even when they were able to return once again to Nazareth, I'm sure life had completely changed. It was, it was no day at the beach there. You know, they had to work, they had bills they had to pay, they had to food to provide, face all the monotonies of life that all of us still face today, right? I'm sure they had their share of very anxious and frightening moments, just like all of us do. And I'm sure that they had plenty of annoying and aggravating things to deal with, just like all of us do. Isn't it something that God didn't even promise the parents of Jesus an easy ride? Why should any of us think that we're going to be the special ones? In fact, somewhere along the way, Joseph completely dropped out of the picture. No one knows for sure what happened to Joseph, but almost every uh, Bible scholar worth listening to would agree that Apparently, he died at a fairly early age. Something happened. Sickness, accident, who knows? But we know that it is apparent that Mary, at some point with her children, she's on her own. No husband to be father to their children. Life had to be tough. Life was rough around that household, I'm sure. I wonder if Mary ever kind of felt, God, have you just forgotten about me? You ever had so much going haywire that you just thought, God, you, you remember me, right? It's the same with us sometimes. We've got our problems. We all shed some tears sometimes. We're all at one time, we are touched by death or illness or extreme hardship in life. I'm sure we've all had some financial troubles at different times in our life. Let me see your hand if you've never had any financial troubles. Richard, was that a hand? Well, you were just combing your hair. You were just doing your hair? Because I was about to come ask to borrow some money, actually, when I saw that hand go up. You just doing this? Well, stay away from auctions. That's all I could say. But... <laughs> You might have just bought, your, bought yourself a donkey in a cart. Who knows? You, you... Not one hand then went up. We've all had financial problems at one point or another in our lives. I remember specifically, and I've shared this before, in 1983. Who remembers 1983? After being laid off from Caterpillar Tractor Company in the Midwest, along with thousands of other people, I remember standing in the government cheese line. It was incredible cheese. But you know, there were thousands of, our government, our, we have a government like no other government. I mean, they take care of us. I don't know, somewhere there was a committee formed, and they said, men, we've got thousands of families in this country in dire straits. They're out of work. They have bills to pay. We need to do something. Any ideas? Johnson. Yeah. I say we give them a big box of cheese. <laughs> I like the way you think, Johnson. 
Make it so. But don't make it too easy. Remember, the government's in charge. Let's make them stand in a long line to get it. Don't just be handing them out willy-nilly. That's how it went down. But I'll tell you, Julio knows. I, I don't know where they got that cheese, and it was a big box. It was good. It did bring a little bit of relief to the pain and suffering, didn't it? Man, this cheese is good. I forgot I have a house payment to make this month. Give me another piece of cheese. <laughs> Just incredible. Life is never easy for any of us. None of us get a nonstop free ticket to ride. But I'm telling you, having Jesus in your life is going to make all the difference. Makes that cheese go a little bit further. <laughs> so the real work of Christmas is, is not over just because Christmas has passed. As a matter of fact, it's, it's really just beginning. It needs to continue day in and day out of our lives. There was a famous American author. His name was Howard Thurman, and he wrote these words. I think these are, this is an incredible quote. Howard Thurman wrote, When the songs of the angels are stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings have all gone home and the shepherds are back in their fields, that is when the real work of Christmas begins. There's a lot of truth in that. There's a lot of work that Christmas involves. We need to be finding the lost, the, to heal those who are broken, feeding the hungry, striving to bring peace and goodwill to, to men. That's a, that's a full-time job, isn't it? We're all going to take down the Christmas trees and the decorations, get them all put away. But when all the presents, they've been open and all the suspense has ended, the spirit of Christmas has got to live on and not just get shoved into the garbage bag with all the torn wrapping paper. Sometimes it's gone that fast, right? So may our homes and our lives be filled with the excitement, with the spirit of Christmas, not just on the 25th of December, but let's carry it throughout the year. And may we be bold enough to share that excitement to those who are around us, people we come in contact with. Next week, as we begin our week of prayer, we're going to begin with that three-day fasting and prayer, topics that are going to be very important to us and to our nation. So I hope you plan on being here not just Tuesday night, but that you'll be here next Sunday morning at which time the services will be at 9 or 11. If you show up at 10, you're just going to get the last few words of what I'm about to say. And don't say, hey, that sounds like a deal. Be here at 9 or 11, right? But this morning, God's invitation is still there. To come into your life, it's just as real as the baby that was born in that stable. That invitation is still just as real today. You have been listening to CT Church in San Antonio, Texas. This recording was presented in the context of our Sunday service. 
For more information, please visit us at ctagsa.com, connect with us on Facebook, or call us at 210-657-3578.